Podcast Help Desk, number 110, for Thursday, September 13th, 2018. I'm Mike Dell, I'm your host, and today I have a special guest, not in the studio, but remotely as we normally do it, uh, Evo Terra. He's one of the pioneers of podcasting. I haven't done one of these pioneers of podcasting interviews in a long time, so I thought uh, now would be a good time to do it, Evo uh, you might know him as the author of Podcasting for Dummies. Also, he does a podcast called Shivo versus the First World, I think, or is it Third World? I don't know. Anyway, he'll tell us in the interview. Uh, he also uh, was a, a co-host of the Bangkok podcast because he uh, Lived there for a while anyway. Uh, like I said, we get into that in the, in the interview, which we recorded a couple of days ago. So without further ado, and to not make this the longest podcast episode I've done lately, uh, here's Evo Terra. Hello, Evo. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Mike. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're off to a rocking, rocky start here. <laughs> so. No one has to know, man. That's what post-production is all about. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do edit, contrary to uh, other people's uh, workflow, but uh, not a lot. So uh, if you say anything stupid, you're gonna still sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life, man. So, welcome back to the U.S. You've been out of out of town for a while. Yeah, we uh, we had been out of the we had been out of the country for let's see all of 2015, all of 2016, all of 2017, and we showed back up in America in April of 2018. So what, three years, four months or so living abroad? Good times. Yeah, and uh, the reason you came back is pretty cool, I think. Yes, it is. You know, grandchildren are important. And so our, our very first grandbaby uh, arrived or was scheduled to arrive sometime at the end of July. And she did. And so now we are happy being the, the next stage of our life is now, you know, being grandparents, which right. is great. So now we can call you grandpa. <laughs> yes. Well, I prefer I prefer kumpu. That's the terminology I'm using, which is Thai for paternal grandfather. And Sheila, my lovely wife, uh, she is going by Gigi, which is, I think, uh, I don't know what, where Gigi comes from. I think maybe it's Ukrainian term. Don't really know. But it's where Gigi and Kumpu. Oh, there That's you us. go. Hey, whatever works for you. That, well, congratulations. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. And we're, we're here to talk about podcasting, past and present. And uh, since I've been, you know, I've talked to all the other gurus, I figured I'd get you in here and... Uh, you were uh, one of the first bunch that I ever listened to back in the day, and uh, and I started roughly the same time as you did, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, when did you actually start your first podcast? First episode dropped October 14th, 2004. Okay. Well, you're probably one of the earliest. I think Todd might have beat you by a little bit. Maybe. Not, yeah, I think we're we're right in there at the at the same time frame. You know, according to Podcast Alley, that makes the show that we had was called the Dragon Page at the time. Uh, that was the 40th podcast listed in Podcast Alley, which was our directory of choice back uh, in the day. So yeah, there uh, the the early crowd is all late '04, early '05. That's uh, that's where we all came from. Yeah, I went. Uh, I started in uh, April '05. So uh, okay, so I wasn't quite that early. Yeah, right, right there. When we had been doing, you know, for us it was easy because my partner and I on the Dragon Page, it had been an internet radio show before. And we had done that since 2002. So when we heard about this thing called podcasting, it was simply a matter of hacking uh, together the enclosure 
tag. And that was it. Everything else we had, we had a blog, we were writing show notes, we were producing MP3 files. So for us, it was, it was a no brainer to be podcasting. We didn't really start podcasting as much as we had a new distribution channel on that day. Right. You just added podcasting to an existing show. Exactly right. Yeah. That's kind of what I, you know, when I started listening to podcasts, that's how I did it. Do you remember Bruce Williams uh, back in the day, TalkNet? Uh, you know, he used to be, you know, a real popular uh, radio guy. Oh, okay. And, and he used to uh, make his shows available as MP3 downloads, mm-hmm. but they weren't a podcast per se. Right. They were just right. MP3s. And he did that for a really long time. And uh, so I, I bought one of those iPod thingies and said, hey, this is pretty <laughs> cool. And and then, well, what else can I listen to? And that's how I discovered it. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. You guys, you also uh, wrote a book about podcasting. Uh, you also yeah. did uh, patio books. I remember that from back when. Yeah, there was a, there was a lot going on. Two thousand five was was a busy year. Not only was Apple upending everyone's life by including podcast in the iTunes store. But yeah, in, in June, uh, or we were supposed to, in June of that year, I had, um, I had, we turned in all of the updates for podcasting for dummies, the book, the book that I had written. So I think it got published like in November later on that year. It was about that same time that I started patiobooks.com, a site that aggregated the handful of authors who were using podcasting as a way to build an audience by recording their own audiobooks and releasing them one chapter at a time in podcast form. Yeah, all of those things happened in 2005. It was an extremely, extremely busy year, at, le- at least for me. It was very busy. Yeah, patio books seems like it would have been a, a rather complicated back end there, uh, especially the way it kind of sort of metered out uh, yeah. feeds as, uh, you know, for like if, you know, if you subscribe to a particular book, you could get that book once a week, once a day, right. Uh, right. You know, and it was up to you. So each person had their own set of feeds for the stuff they were listening to. Yeah, we were very early pioneers in doing that. We, we didn't do it as a private feed because we weren't really trying to – we weren't selling anything. So technically anybody could have borrowed anybody else's podcast feed, and I'm sure that definitely happened to be in that same model. But yeah, the idea was if you would come into a book, maybe the author is on chapter 16 is how far she is with publishing her book, and it's going to be done sometime in the 30s. But when you would come in, you, when your your subscription would start you at episode one, not episode 16, as it works today, forcing you to download all of the back catalog. We would begin you uh, at that one and then by default set it up so that once a week you could get a new one and a new one and, and you know, until you finally had the entire books. It was a it was a bit of a challenge uh, technically and a lot of fun to to manage. And I think at the. At its heyday, before uh, before we finally uh, sold it and rolled it into a, a different company, I think we had about 750 different audiobooks available in free podcast form. Yeah, you had my uh, ham radio pod class in there. Was, oh, there you go. All of sorts the, of great stuff we had in there. Yeah, so a lot of people got their uh, ham radio licenses from uh, from the patio books feed, I'm sure. Outstanding, outstanding. But uh, yeah, I kind of miss that. I, it, but you know, it's still sort of around. Or there's still audiobooks yeah. on anyway. Yeah, there there are. You know, but uh, like like anything, uh, things change. You know, when we started PatioBooks.com, there was an Amazon, but there was no such thing as a Kindle. And audiobooks were all consumed through a company called Audible, which we all still know and love today. Right, which but they were ter- ter- terribly expensive, right? Oh and yeah, oh yeah. To get to get your 
to be published into Audible was a, was a nightmare. There was no self-publishing options. Again, this was pre-Kindle when we started doing this. So for us, it was a way to – for the author who wanted to go through the extra pain – and my goodness, is it pain – to sit down and record the episodes of their chapter. If they were willing to do that, give them away for free and have them build an audience. So that worked great then, but – you know, it wasn't, but five years later, then suddenly there's a Kindle, and now self-publishing for eBooks has gone through the roof, and they're cheap; they're 99 cents or free as a new price point for an eBook. So, there was a significant lack of a need to fully narrate the entire audiobook to build an audience. Now there are new methods, which I think are easier for for many publishers or for many would-be published authors to, to get their work out there. And, and podcasting and fiction has changed. You know, back in the day, it was very – it was unusual to see fully scripted uh, audio dramas or multiple voice actors doing things. Now that's the way things are. Now, now the whole fiction world of podcasting has become all about these full cast – at well-scored audio productions, which is a lot more than an author sitting down and reading the chapters of the book. It, the market just changed. Markets change all the time, and uh, this one changed too. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, audio books and, and drama on podcasting, there's quite a bit. Uh, do you remember – now we're going to talk like two old men here. We can do it. But do you remember uh, Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov? Sure I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he <laughs> is bringing back Shadow Falls currently. Uh, no kidding. Just, yeah, it was that uh, audio drama he did when he worked for uh, Podshow uh, right. slash Mevio. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. I've, I haven't I haven't uttered the words Mark Yoshimoto Nimkov in a long, long time. So I'll have to check out and see what he's up to. Yeah, he's uh, got a new podcast. I just helped him uh, get the feed going on. Uh, right on. MYM says or something like that. I forget what he called it. <laughs> but anyway, check, check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's the same old, same old. But uh, uh, yeah, he did a. Uh, he did a few uh, things for me. Uh, just uh, he's a voiceover guy now. That's what he does for a living. Ah, and, okay. Uh, he does pretty good. But here, here we go. You're listening to Mike Dell's World with your <laughs> host, Mike Dell. <laughs> That's for my. Uh, oh, hey, let's there do. You go. Uh, let's do the right one. This is the podcast help desk with Mike Dell. Is this thing on? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's so, great. That's so fantastic. yeah, Mark, Mark. You know, anytime I need anything. Uh, voiced over uh, i just send it to him that's great that's <laughs> so, fantastic but yeah you'll have to check him out too uh, i'm going to get him on this podcast now that he's back podcasting so uh, that'll be cool uh right. yeah some of the other uh gurus that i've had on here uh you know the the, the normal crowd uh, you know todd cochran uh rob greenley uh I think I had Victor Cahiao. Victor Cahiao. Yeah, I yeah. can't pronounce Victor. his name, but I had Victor on, and and uh, like I said, I just thought it'd be great to have you on. Uh, so currently, you're doing yeah. uh, you're doing a lot of uh, Facebook Live stuff that uh, uh, you kind of like to stir the stuff up, which is cool. But uh, <laughs> me, yeah, you. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I take my role as contrarian. Um, to heart. That was what I did professionally for, for a number of years for the for the agencies that I would either running or marketing departments I was in. I was always the guy that would purposely be the one to fight groupthink. When everybody is agreeing on the same things all the time, it, it, it can really cause problems with within inside organizations, large and small. And for us in podcasting, I think it I think the same thing happens. So my job at those companies was always to take the contrarian view, the professional devil's advocate, if you will, same same exact thing. And I 
have taken that persona into the podcasting space. Uh, that is kind of my my job as I see it, the role I want to play, where we're bringing up interesting ideas, but not just going along with what everyone what everyone says. You you brought up the the, the Facebook Live, so yeah, every Monday through Thursday. I'm sorry, Monday through Friday. Jeez, what are my days at? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> Friday. Yeah, five days. Not on the weekends. At about eight a.m. Phoenix time. Usually, I pop on Facebook Live and do something I call podcast pontifications, where I think about and talk about as I'm thinking about a particular aspect of podcasting. Very much not a how-to because we don't need any more of those. Those are great. There are plenty out there. Um, But it is a let's think about podcasting from a different angle. Sometimes it's the future. Sometimes it's new announcements that are happening, and I don't necessarily try to predict what they will mean, but I like to talk about what those changes could mean to the podcast ecosystem so that in months from now or years from now, we're looking at something that's that's very different than what we see today. That's that's my my role behind uh, the the whole podcast pontifications. Yeah, it's a, it's a great thing. I try to catch it. You know, depends on uh, how busy I am here at the day job. But uh, understood. I uh, I definitely try to ca- catch it, and sometimes I like to start arguments and you know that kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, hey, well, whatever. that's a good thing, you know, because arguments should lead to discussions, hopefully, right? And sometimes you've got to you know really stir the pot to really get people's attention. Uh, I'm not afraid to call someone out on BS. By the same time, I, I also welcome people who call me out. I don't like it very much, but nonetheless, yeah, none of us am, do. you know, no, no, yeah, no one likes that. But if you're, if you're willing to t- take that criticism and agree to disagree, if that's what's necessary, or sometimes recognize that maybe I am not thinking about this uh, as broadly as I should be to have a, a larger perspective. That's, that's really all it is I'm trying to do. Right. Yeah. And like I said, usually on this show, uh, we talk about, you know, the technical and the high, how to and everything. And, mm-hmm. but sometimes I like to get into the, the weeds here and just, uh, you know, just say, Hey, what if, and I think that's what your, uh, pontifications little yeah. show there is, is doing. And, and, uh, like I said, I really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, sorry if I don't agree all the time, but Hey, that's, that's the way quite it works. all right. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I appreciate. I see you pop in more often than not, so so I thank you very much for for being there. Uh, and yeah, the more people that can watch it, the better. I make no money out of it. It's not my goal to to make money. I I make money because I help other people. I help typically companies produce their podcasts, and that's that's fine. Um, but this is just more of a way for me to give back and also stay current on what's new and happening. I mean, now that I'm back. I know I left for three years or so, but now I'm back and I want to get deeper into the community. And this is the the corner I'm digging or hole perhaps I'm digging for myself. <laughs> <laughs> this this one of contrarian. Yeah, yeah. You get uh, you get people talking. That's for sure. You know, like uh, <laughs> you know the whole thing about RSS. Okay, currently mm-hmm. RSS is basically what you have to do if you want to be in all these podcast directories. Right. And, you know, so that's kind of what I focus on is, okay, I need to focus on, you know, making sure people do the RSS, the, the RSS right. See, I can't even mm-hmm, say mm-hmm. it. How can we do it? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you know, you were talking, in fact, today, I watched the one this morning a bit, uh, and you were talking about, you know, RSS may not be what uh, is the driving force behind podcasting in the future. Sure. 
And I and I think that's the reality. You know, your your day job, Mike, causes you to be focused in on the what's happening right now, and mm-hmm. and that's that's hard to break out of that cycle when that is your job, when that is when that is certainly what you do. Uh, I like to think about well, you know, just because this is the way things were. I mean, I remember Mike back in the day when they deprecated the blink tag from HTML. <laughs> You know, and HTML has gone through a lot of revisions from when I first started playing around with it in the early 90s to, to where it is today. It, it's still HTML. So do I think RSS is going away tomorrow? No, I certainly don't. But I do know that a that a text file isn't necessarily always going to be the way that we update things back and forth. It certainly is today, but I wonder what not, – not only – I don't – I less I le- I'm less focused on what it what it might be because I have no idea, and more interested in well what are the limitations of the current technology that we can throw away, if we start thinking about what future technologies look like. Right, right. What is the uh, you work with a lot of uh, of people, uh, also you know probably you said companies uh, on the tech side. Yeah. Do Do you find that people are understanding how this all works i mean not not in the you know how to write an rss tag or anything but just the high level how podcasting works do do you find that that more times than not people know what that is or it's easy to explain it to them i'm finding it relatively easy to explain what i'm learning and the reason i launched my business is most companies don't really care how it all works. And, and I, and I liken it to this, Mike. Um, I, I remember when at the turn of the century, like this one here, not, not when we were all wearing like weird hats. Um, although I wore weird hats in the two thousands, regardless at the turn of the century, we, we all woke up one day and realized that no one's reading the yellow pages anymore, right? When the yellow pages are delivered to an apartment complex, there's just stacks and stacks and stacks of these. No one takes them inside. Why does no one take them inside? Because we've have an internet now. And every business needs to have its own website. And so businesses began scrambling to figure out how do we do this website-y thing. Some took the DIY approach, but the vast majority went for other people and said, can you just give us this website thing? We want an internet. Can you give us one of those? And, and, and companies cropped up who could do that, who could supply a fully functional website to a business that they, they didn't – that the business owner did not have to actually manage. Ten years later, it was the same thing with social, social media. Everyone's social. We businesses, we want to be social. Can can I have my own Facebook? You know, a lot of companies were saying. And many of them took it to heart and created an internal team or more often gave it to an intern and said, okay, you figure out our social media strategy. But there were lots of other companies that cropped up and said, you focus on your business. We'll do your social stuff on your behalf. And companies didn't really care about what good social media practices were as much as they had a business partner in tow that that knew that for them. That's the way podcasting is happening right now. Companies want to get involved, but do they want to take the DIY route? A lot do, and there's plenty of good information uh, about that out there. But a significant portion would rather turn all or some of the reins over to someone else and just let them take care of it and in exchange for a uh, a fee. So that's sure. where I think we're at today. I think there's a marked difference between when it when we started doing this 15 years ago to where it is today to where a lot of that technology has become easier but i think for a lot of businesses they simply they don't really care they just they just want to get there quickly okay so yeah i in my day job i kind of find you know the same thing you do but what i'm usually working with is somebody that has contracted 
a company and said, hey, I'll take care of all your podcast needs, but they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so I work with those kind of people a lot. And and sometimes what happens is also you have an unrealistic expectation from the oh, business owner. Yeah. Like uh, in this case, uh, uh, let's say a medical professional uh, All right. has a podcast that he's been doing now for now 400 episodes. Wow. And he wants to make sure that all 400 of those episodes are on Apple and he will not hear anything that yeah. that isn't possible <laughs> you're probably going to be a little over the limitation of the site yeah right so I, I, that's an excellent point mike that is an unrealistic expectation someone has had probably because well i mean you did this did this medical professional he went through a third party to have him yes. help do the podcast oh yeah right. he doesn't know the first thing about podcasting other than he records the show yeah. Right, right, and but now he's the one calling. He's, I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he is no longer using the exactly. uh, the, the consultant, right? <laughs> exactly. And th and there's there's your big challenge, right? I mean, that is that is one of the dangers of outsourcing, and I, I'll be the first to admit that is for companies that want to stop doing businesses with me. The good news is I will turn everything over to them. Sure. You know your passwords. Here's everything that you need. If you want to book some time, I can give you some training. But it's all yours. Perfectly fine. I don't plan on doing your show forever. I'm I'm very happy. I, when I was with the agency, I loved it when our clients brought stuff in-house. That means we made them good digital citizens. And I want the same thing. Companies who want to do that. But that's a lot to learn. That's a lot to unpack. And so this person is now – now kind of stuck. Yeah, then, and that's a problem with the with with the consultant not making things realistic and understandable up front. It's a tough challenge, and I guess it all trickles down to you. Hmm. Oh yeah, well, it just you know it just happens that uh, that people don't really understand the tech, but then they get thrown into having to do the tech, right? Or outsourcing it to somebody else that knows the tech, and yep. you know some people bite off a little more than they can chew. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> web designers, a lot of web designers, especially WordPress designers. Oh, you know, man. and they will uh, they will say, "Oh yeah, I got this podcast thing figured out," and they they install PowerPress, and then they have no idea what's going on. And yeah, that's all right. That's what we do, and and you know, we we take care of them and get them in the right direction, and it's all cool. But uh, <laughs> you know how it is, and uh, you're doing it. You're doing a different thing in a in a much better, much better fitted service to you, <laughs> and that's what you got to do your own thing. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, you, you you find your own way. You certainly do. You know, because uh, like I said, I, I, if I had to make a, a living as a consultant, I would probably be starving. I'd be skinnier, <laughs> but I'd be starving because I, I, you know, I, I have well, patience, but <laughs> not that much. Yeah, I I resisted it for the longest time. You know, again, being doing this for forever, writing podcasting for dummies, I've I've got a, a pedigree that says you should be able to, to to teach this stuff, and I and I've taught it here and there, but. What really flipped me over the edge this time is I'm not teaching. This is not teaching. These are businesses who say, look, I'm going to give someone the money to put this together. It might as well be you, Evo. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's, a great, that's a great place to be. And I'm happy to let you and the Daniel J. Lewis's of the world and the, uh, the School of Podcasts with yeah. Dave Jackson. All You guys can teach how to. But the people who go, yeah, that's not for me. I'd rather just pay somebody. I, I want to be first in that line. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, you know, like I said, we you know, working with Blueberry as I do, uh, you know, that's that's a whole other thing, and you know, we we're we're they're paying us for service for whatever service, and you know, a lot of times we got to teach them how to work it. 
You know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, those people that have that relationship, that, that is DIY. They need to learn that. They need to manage that all uh, on their own. That, that's, that's a super critical skill that I don't think goes away. And in fact, I still, I think that most of the podcast we'll see for the next, I don't know, let's say 10 years, most will still continue to be DIY things where one person almost acts like a, a webmaster from all the old days who has the, the full keys to the castle. I, I don't see that becoming the minority for some time. Right. Yeah. I noticed that, uh, you know, just watch watching the podcasting space as a whole, there's maybe three or four different categories of podcasting. You know, there's the uh, public media and those like public media doing these, you know, big produced things. Uh, then you've got the the indie professional podcasters, then you got the indie hobbyist podcasters, and then you got just the the people on Anchor that just want to talk into their phone, and that's great. And and all of them, you know, there's room for everybody. Yeah, the the medium is is unlimited uh, as as long as it's it's audio, and sometimes even that gets broken down because you and I know we could we could shove video or anything else. We could shove Word documents down an RSS feed if we want. <laughs> But we don't do that. Uh, yeah, there's that's what I think what excites me so much and and always has excited me about about podcasting is the 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 lack of constraint is is very in in enticing. like when 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 I was doing radio prior to podcasting, we had a fifty five minute clock that we were working with every week. So our segments were timed. Everything we did was down to a second until we filled up a full fifty five minute long show. Uh, and when I was doing live radio, it was. The format was a little bit more flexible because it wasn't syndicated, but still, you know, you go on at the top of the hour and you're done in one or two or whatever your time frame is. And when your producer points at you and says it's time to go to break, you go to break. And and there's also the fact that the type of content you're allowed to put out on the radio is very much dictated by what's commercial viable or what is supported by public radio or what is supported by weird college radio stations, right? So that's a <laughs> – that's its own hey, weird thing. Hey, I st I, I'm still on a weird college station, so anyway. <laughs> that's fine. You know, then and that's fine. That was where the experimental audio was, but now experimental audio has moved over to the podcasting field. And I think that for there was always there's always been some people out there trying to do weird and interesting things, but I'm seeing that segmentation grow in a big way as other people are encouraging people to do a professionally sounding show that is much more their approach towards making great art as opposed to doing something which is commercially viable and may potentially be successful. There's still a lot of great experimentation. And as we go through this, yet again, increase in consumer attention, increase in listener and media attention to podcasting, those people that are willing to push the envelope and do something radically different than what we have today are, are finding a better chance to reach their audience i think than ever before yeah it's uh, it's definitely growing uh, on the creator side maybe a little faster than the listener side but I, I think the listeners will catch up yeah i think listeners are catching up i saw an article published recently um i think wondery put it out no no westwood one westwood one that that large huge network westwood mm -hmm. one they put out a report showing some a crazy amount like a 58 percent increase in listenership of the top 10 shows year over year which shows that it's we are definitely growing. There, are, I think there's more listening happening right now than ever before. Is that listening evenly distributed? 
No, and anyone who promised you that it would be lied to you. It's it's never supposed to be evenly distributed. The top shows will always get the, the greater attention and probably where you'll see more movement. But the good news is there's plenty of room in the long tail for everyone to play. Yeah, and that's that's great. You know, I think it's going to sort of break up into classes at some point. I don't know when this will happen, but my, my prediction's hmm. always been that the indie podcasters and the more polished professional podcasters there's gonna there's gonna be some sort of demarcation line there i don't know how that's gonna work but uh i'm waiting for some large directory this is just me talking off the cuff but uh i'm I'm waiting for some directory that becomes super famous and popular being picky about what they put on their network rather than uh, come all you know like Spotify originally was sure. was uh, you know they they picked and choose and now pretty much anybody can get on Spotify providing they're going through the right aggregator, right? But right. you know, say uh, you know like Pandora right now comes to mind. Pandora right now has a very few podcasts in it. Yep. What I'm wondering is at some point is there going to be a line drawn somewhere wherever that line is. Between the indies, the guy that does everything himself versus the highly produced NPR style stuff, uh, I'm not so sure that I'll that we'll see a, that particular demarcation line because I I think from the listener's point of view they don't know and they don't care, mm-hmm. they just want something that sounds that's that's relevant to them and sounds good whether it was made by WNYC or whether it was made by some dude in Ohio in his basement I don't think they care. So I, I, if there's a line of demarcation, it's it's on the other front. To your to your point about directories, uh, places we find content taking more of a Pandora approach, Mike, I think that's absolutely what we're going to see, and I think we'll probably see it within. I hate to say this, but within the next couple of years, right? I think we're going to see a movement away from. I my podcast directory has everything, you know, everything.pod isn't doesn't well actually it does exist and it's called Google, <laughs> but that's a different thing. I think the directories themselves, I think they're all going to take the uh, the Netflix approach, the Hulu approach. I think they're all going down a direction to where they're going to start curating content for the people who have that particular app to get the kind of content that they can keep enjoying content on on that app. It, I I think that's the way things are going to go. Right. Yeah. It, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, but <laughs> you know, it's it's hard to uh, you know, when you're sitting here uh, trying to uh, troubleshoot everybody's feed, sometimes it's hard to come <laughs> up with the big ideas, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's going to have to do that. You know, I I think that's if if one thing that Google Podcast is going to do uh, now or or very soon, I know I know it's not fully baked in yet, but I think before long, knowing what Google does and I've been a Google person, person who uses Google's paid services for oh, a long time now. You know, this is a, right. like the sort of advertising with them in the '90s. So I, I know how their their brain kind of works. And this is this Google Podcast thing is the most Google smelling initiative Google has ever had. It just integrates the results with search. So I think that's what we're we'll eventually get to. To where fine, Google, you have everything. And maybe there's a few other handfuls. But I think if you're an app maker or you're a directory person, the the riches for you will also be in the niches. Just Mm -hmm. figure out the type of content you want to index and don't try and get everything. Because even at 550,000 or whatever the number is today, that's a a lot. But um, yeah, I'd leave that to Google. I would probably try and do do my own thing. 
Yeah, my my prediction with Google is it's going to surpass Apple in market share probably by the end of 2019. That's my if guess. I I'm all on board that as long as there's an iOS app. Yeah, there right? there there will be. And I, and I think so too. <laughs> I mean that as long as long as as soon as that happens, then you're right. Then, then the overall consumption will definitely go to the way of Google, which is the way that, you know, look at your Google Analytics for your website. What's driving most of your traffic? Uh, it's probably Google. You know, it's probably those, you know, it's certainly for the new, the new traffic. So, yeah, I think a lot of discovery will happen somewhere else. Uh, I, and I think the, people, the, the person they're going to knock off, who we shall not name Apple. Oh, darn, I named it. <laughs> I, I think you'll see a total retooling of, of the way that Apple approaches podcasting and, and how they see – their um, their role changing from that who enabled it originally, not necessarily, but that's the mythology out there, yeah. to to a company now that fulfills their own needs. How can we let – how can this 60% of the world that's listening through an Apple device right now to podcasting, what can we do better for our own company? I think you'll see them retrench. And again – as you are, we're both just speculating on this. Not like either of us work for. Do you even own? I don't even own Apple stock. Do you own any Apple stock? No, I do not. All right, so fine. <laughs> so see, we're we're full disclosure. We have no idea what we're talking about, and we're not in negatively or positively impacting our individual businesses by predicting the rise and or fall of any business model. So talk to your own financial advisor, <laughs> not us two yokels. <laughs> yeah, kind of going back to the past. Uh, you know, when uh, Apple added podcasting to iTunes, and yes, yeah. there was podcasting before iTunes. <laughs> it certainly was. And I've said that a hundred times. But uh, back, the reason they did that was is they had the uh, iPod coming out, Yep. or came out. I guess it had been right. out for a little yep. while. But they didn't have a lot of deals with music companies. So they didn't have right. a whole lot of content for their device. Right. So what a way to get free content. Is to add yeah. podcasting and voila, you know, the myth is born. <laughs> you're, no, you're, you're exactly right. That That is how I remember it too. I remember when I, because I was writing podcasting for dummies at the time and when I, when I had turned in the book, this was in June, I turned in all the chapters, uh, June of 2005, there was no such thing as iTunes 4.7. It was just whatever the other one was. Right. So I'm on vacation. I remember I was in Vancouver, British Columbia. My son was in hockey goalie camp, and I get an email sitting in the hotel. First day we're there. I get an email from my publisher saying, should we make some edits to account for this? And sends me a link. And I <laughs> click open the link, and it's a, I don't know, PR wire or something saying that iTunes is now supporting podcasting. So the next five days, I didn't leave the hotel room <laughs> because <laughs> I basically rewrote the damn book. Because, of course, that's going to change kind of everything uh, of of what's going to happen. But but in the book, I remember writing that you don't need an iPod. In fact, me, Evo, I don't even own an iPod. And at the time, I didn't. And I waited, you'll like this, <laughs> I waited for two months after the book came out before I went and bought my first ever iPod. Because oh. I wanted to say, clearly, you do not need an iPod. In fact, I do not have one. I was using an old iRiver. Remember the old iRiver? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shotgun shell? I That's got, what I was still using. But uh, I think I yeah. got one in the drawer here. <laughs> uh, yeah, you probably do as well. Of course, the firmware hasn't been updated in forever and won't work, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I got that, and I got the, uh, remember the iPod shuffle that looked like a stick of gum? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I have one of those right. in the drawer, and believe it or not, it still works. 
That's fantastic. It's so crazy. much for the planned obsolescence we've been hearing about. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I plug it into my, uh, my modern iMac and it kind of goes, huh, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> but it works. But yeah, the good old days. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, anyway, what, uh, what other, uh, thing would uh, you like my audience to know about what you're up to? Oh man. Well, you know, leave it wide open. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I, I, my, my podcasting journey has been, a up and down. I mean, I've always been a big fan of the medium, but I've been, I've kind of been in and out of it, not just because of international travels, but one thing that was interesting, Mike, when, when I got to Bangkok, well, so we traveled that first year and when we landed back in Bangkok, somebody had made a connection uh, with, with a guy I'd met previously. So I met him for, for, for dinner one day in Bangkok. This guy is a big Canadian guy. Um, he was recommended he and I sit down. So we just sat down and had pizza together and had just had fun and talk. And I was just, you know, meeting people and having a lot of fun. So we, we stayed friends. And when we landed back in Bangkok, he contacted me and said, Hey, I see you're back in town now. Um, you know, we remember we had that lunch together. I said, yeah, I do remember it. And he said, I don't know if you know this or not, but I used to do a podcast called the Bangkok podcast. And I see that you wrote a book about podcasting. You kind of know this stuff. Do you want to be the co-host of the show that is on hiatus right now. And so we tossed the idea back and forth together. And so for 70 episodes, I, I resurrected this thing called the Bangkok podcast, which was, which was a blast. And the, the biggest reason I did it is, uh, early on, I asked him for, I said, the show's still live. I see it's still listed. I saw, I saw who the hosting company was. And I said, can I, can I get the login so I can see what's happening? I said, yeah, sure. We get about two thousand downloads a month of files that hadn't been updated in three years. Yeah, that's and, a, that, that's good. That that happens more than people think. So there, there's an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, we're putting the show back together. So for seventy episodes, we we put the Bangkok podcast back back on the air. And when I when I announced I was leaving, we found a another person to come and take my place. So I'm that that show is still going, reformatted, totally changed, uh, w- which is a lot of fun. But and the reason I'm telling you this is, I am about to start a clone of the Bangkok podcast, uh, here in Phoenix. It's going to be called discovering Phoenix and it's going to follow the similar model that we put together there. It's a, it's a local focused show, but for, for Phoenicians and I actively encourage other people to steal this model because it tends to work. If you have a local, if you want to do a local focused show, I've got an interesting model for you. And and franchises are free. Just steal it. <laughs> go to go to Bangkok Podcast, listen to what we're doing, and then hopefully go to uh, go to discoveringphoenix.com before too long, and we'll have our, our first few episodes out over there. Awesome. So that'll be kind of fun. Yeah, that yeah. sounds like fun. I, I like I like launching new things. Just launched something new and cool here in Phoenix. Uh, I created a group called I Love Podcasting in Phoenix, and it's a steal. I also stole that from Bangkok. I put together a, a group by the same name, but I love podcasting in Bangkok. And instead of just meet up for podcasters, it's a meetup that encourages listeners to show up as well, or the people who are just curious about podcasting in general. You know, Phoenix is a pretty big market. We got a lot of people here. And when I put the group together and started uh, sending out the notes, I got like 50 people in town that are that most of which I don't even know that have expressed an interest. So trying to do some local community grassroots stuff as well to, to, to keep, keep the new people uh, excited and keep the local people going as well. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Local podcasting. I, I did it. I took a stab at that for a while and uh, it was okay, but I'm in a rather small uh, touristy area in Northern Michigan. So uh, the interest in it wasn't uh, super high. Yeah. And that's it. It will vary. You know, Bangkok is a great place to do one. 
about that because there are a million expats in Bangkok, and that's really what the show is like. It's about expat living uh, in Bangkok. So it's of interest to the million or so people who are not Thai but live in Bangkok. Right. And being a huge, well, the number one tourist destination almost always, and if it's not Bangkok, then Bangkok is number two every year for the last I don't know how many years. It's clearly uh, we, we had a built-in audience, so let's 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 talk to those people. But yeah, people who are just heading up to the UP, eh, not necessarily, you know, what they're <laughs> everybody in the world's into. Yeah, well, they're, they still they still uh, have uh, uh, Walkman up in the UP. So, uh, <laughs> oh my you know, God! No, I'm kidding. You bet. You betcha. <laughs> <laughs> Say yeah to the UP, eh? Oh yeah, <laughs> you Michiganders are great, great, great. So. so yeah, so that's what I've got going on. Let's see, Sheila and I show. Uh, we're in season five of the of the podcast. Sheila and I, my wife, started doing when we announced we were leaving the country. We've changed format uh, every time we change seasons. We change format and name. Uh, this new one is called Shivo versus the First World, and it is a critique on Western civilization. Since we spent three and a half years outside of that. Um, yeah, it's kind of a fun show. We put together a little more uh, critical look at what it really means to be a Westerner today. Yeah, I, I, I think I saw your last recording session there you did live, <laughs> so uh, that was fun. Yeah, we we decided to do one live. Again, use that Facebook Live thing and said, well, you know, I now can output from my H6 into my phone, so let's just do a live video. So if someone wants to sit and watch the two hours it takes to record that beast. <laughs> Knock, knock yourself out. It's all, it's all there with all warts and all. Hey, you know, some, some people, uh, you know, they like that live format. Uh, oh, they really do. And, and, you know, some people say, you know, that, that it makes you a better podcaster if you're, uh, live at the same time. What I always find is, uh, I like the ability. That's one of the, one of the things that got me to do podcasting versus live radio or live anything else is the ability to edit. I don't do a ton of editing. I just, I never have. And there are shows that I do that just, you know, I flip it on, talk, flip it off, send it, you know. Yeah. But then others, I edit a bit. You know, like this one, I'll edit up a bit because uh, we had a few edit points so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> and right. I got some good outtakes to throw at the end, you know, that kind of thing. I think it really all depends what your ultimate goal is. What are you What are you trying to, to do? That, that's one thing. And the second thing to keep in mind with that is – Doing live, doing things live is incredibly difficult for a lot of people. I remember, Mike, so so I've been doing this internet radio thing since 2002 and plenty of time behind the microphone. I don't know how many hundred episodes we had knocked out. My partner at the time uh, was nothing if not tenacious and would spend a good portion of the week calling up various program directors around the country and forcing them to take a demo to consider carrying our show on the radio. That, that's how we got syndicated. My partner would just simply call program directors and force them into listening. Anyhow, we, we got on a handful of stations. We finally got the program director here in Phoenix to say, yes, fine, I'm, I'm sick of you guys calling. We have a one of our regular hosts is going to be away this next Thursday. We need someone to fill his three-hour slot from 7 until 10 on Thursday night. Do you think you guys can do it? And of course, our answer was absolutely. There's nothing we can't do. Hung up the phone and went, how the hell are we going to do that? <laughs> Three hours of content, fine. So so we show up at the station. And I got a stack of papers, just a stack of papers. And I'm ready. I'm prepped. I know what our format, our content, whatever. And that little on-air light goes on. And half of my brain said, oh, no. <laughs> There's no way to 
recover if you screw up. It's your that so that whole thing is one half of my brain is screaming that, while the other half is just continuing on with the show. The next thing I know, the program director is waving his hands and and pointing at the little the signs they tell you on how how to go to break and you know, a little transitions thing to say. So I go, I find the natural point to the end of my sentence, and I and I read the break point and took the headphones off because we're on break. I'm thinking, what what happened? And he said, that was a fantastic first segment. I said, first segment? How long was I talking? My partner sitting next to me, Lynn, said, 15 minutes. You didn't even introduce me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so live is really hard, man. I recommend not doing live unless you know what the hell it is that you're doing or you're, you're willing to take all of the warts with it. Yeah, or you know, at least until you, you get going. You know, uh, yeah, my first uh, radio shift is you know, just on that crazy little uh, radio station, the uh, college radio station. And all I had to do was announce music. And, man, it's amazing how your brain just shuts down. You oh, can't yeah. put three words in front of each other. <laughs> you know? and, and now I'm the, uh, I'm the designated fill-in guy for the local rock station for, for uh, their morning show. So ah, I right. Go, I go do that, uh, you know, I don't know, I'd say a couple times a month. That's great. Uh, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, but now I'm used to it. You know, it's right. not a... It's not a big deal for me to get on the microphone. I might still sound like an idiot, but I don't care. Right. You're, you're not <laughs> going to panic by that one. That's one of the things I, I talk to my clients about. Most of my clients have an interview segment uh, for their show. And the reason, I, the reason I bring this up is I tell them when you get the person on the phone, much like when you and I first got on the, on the call here today, you're not doing the intro and the setup and all of that live. Because while you can do that, and there are, a, there are a great number of shows who do that, who do the whole thing in one fell swoop, for the guest, it more often than not freaks the guests out. Because now you've put that fear of, oh crap, I'm live, into your guest's head, who's already nervous probably about coming onto your show. So if it is a live format and it's all that, ugh. So, yeah, turn off the video. Try not to do live if you can avoid it and just make your guest more comfortable. You'll be more comfortable. But hey, that's what I think. At the end of the day, man, it's your show. You do you. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I don't do interviews a lot. And, and the reason I don't do interviews a lot is I'm not that good at it. <laughs> I just mm, being yeah. honest with you. Uh, and you know, you can you can do a podcast without interviewing anybody. Oh, you bet. Yeah, yeah, you certainly can. You know, I, I don't like to do interviews. Uh, when when I was doing the the shows for science fiction stuff, more often than not, I would have my partner or our producer do the interview separate from me. I just don't really care for them uh, as as a style. I mean, can, can I do them? Yes. Am I okay at them? I guess. I don't know. I never have really liked it. So I, I prefer I prefer not. I prefer to have the, more of a conversation with somebody who's in the same room. Even even remotely like this, I don't I don't mind doing those. Right. But conducting the interview was never the thing that I was the most comfortable with. So I would I tried for a long time and and sometimes quite successfully to find ways to podcast without an interview component. You do not have to do it, as you said. Yeah, so many of the entrepreneur shows I notice that uh, you know, oh, I can't, you know, I can't start my podcast because I can't get a guest. Well, you don't need a guest. You got an idea? Yeah. Try start with that. You know, <laughs> you know, talk to yourself. Turn on the microphone and start talking. If something intelligent <laughs> comes out, put it out. <laughs> you know, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that if is very important, but uh, nonetheless, yes, give it a shot. See, see what you can come certainly. up with. Well, hey, we better uh, cut this one off uh, before it gets too long. And uh, I just, like I said, wanted to have you on as one of the pioneers of podcasting in my world anyway. Thanks, uh, Mike. I appreciate it. And uh, it's been uh, it's been fun. And, uh, yeah, you just, uh, since you got back to the States, you're getting more involved in the community. And you and I hooked back up. And 
uh, as far as uh, you know, online anyway. Haven't been yeah. to Phoenix yet. Uh, one of these days. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's uh, wait about a month. It should be nicer. You know, right now it's still stupid hot, but you know, it it get, it's lovely here. When it's not nice at your place, it's beautiful here. Yeah. It's it's it. We had uh, right now it's seventy one point four degrees. Uh, yeah, there are three, three numbers in our temperature today. It's warm. So. <laughs> All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll catch you, uh, next time. Uh, but thank you for being on the podcast help desk. And uh, even though we didn't cover a whole lot of tech, that's all right. <laughs> so sometimes we don't have to. Thanks, Mike. I really appreciated you uh, asking me to be on the show. All right. Catch you later. Cheers. All right. Well, I thought that turned out quite well. Uh, didn't have to edit too much. So, uh, we didn't say anything too stupid. During the interview, and if we did, oh well, uh, use it against us, I guess. Uh, not much else going on. Uh, just got done watching the Apple thing a few hours ago, uh, introducing all the new iPhones. How many iPhone mo- models do we need? But uh, anyway, there's what, eight of them or seven of them now uh, available. Uh, so that ought to be interesting, not really podcast related. Uh, let's see. They didn't really say much about anything else. iOS 12 should be out in a couple of days, so uh, that'll be cool. That'll be out on the 17th, I guess, iOS 12. So those of you that are uh, drinking the apple Kool-Aid, you got something new to play with and uh, to spend money on. They didn't say anything about the earbuds, though. Kind of disappointed. Not that I'm ready to uh, buy any new earbuds, but uh, I just want to see what they would come up with. They did come out with a new watch. Uh, watch seemed pretty cool, bigger screen, bigger this or that, but uh, nothing earth-shattering that I saw other than uh, it's now a medical device, and they had to get uh, FDA approval. So, uh, But it'll take your, uh, uh, not an EKG, but something similar to that. does all kinds of heart monitoring. It's pretty cool. So, Anyway, enough uh, Apple fanboyism. You can Get more of that on the other podcast, Guru uh, Rob Walsh's podcast. So (laughs) anyway, uh, everybody catch me later.